Welcome to the I Love Music Podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music Podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, we have a doubleheader featuring some great Midwest musicians. I got to interview Dave Davidson from Maps and Atlases and solo artist Anna Birch. It was a fun night going in between the Echo and the Lodge Room in Los Angeles to check out both performances and to talk to these talented artists. First up is Chicago-based Dave Davidson from Maps and Atlases. It's been about six years since Maps and Atlases released their last album and now are currently touring to support their new album on Barzook Records called Lightlessness is Nothing New. For all tour details and to check out their new music, visit mapsandatlases.org. All right, let's get into Dave's interview. So right now we're in Highland Park at the Lodge Room in the Green Room, so you might hear a lot of uh, noise in the background, but I'm here with Dave from uh, Map- Maps and Atlases. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm great. Um, how has tour been so far? Uh, it's been really fun. We, uh, we're we still kind of just getting into the groove of it. Our first uh, couple shows that we played were festivals, so it's always kind of, you know, these irregular setups, even though it was really fun. So now we're kind of figuring out how to play some of these newer songs and... Um, uh-oh. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too loud. Um, oh, this is Prism Tats, a really fantastic. They actually, um, he just joined us last night uh, in San Francisco, and uh, I was so excited uh, to, to see, see him. It was really, really awesome and very stoked to have him on the tour. So, but uh, yeah, we just joined up with uh, Prism Tats, and uh, this is only our third consecutive uh, non-festival show where we're kind of yeah, we're having fun trying out new songs and having a great time in general. So, yeah, it's been great. How did um, the new album uh, come together? It kind of started, um, I just kind of started recording songs and um, they, I wasn't sure what the project would be, if it would be uh, Maps and Atlases or solo thing or maybe some different band that, I mean, just the songs were turning out really uh, different than anything had done before and kind of different than anything I'd heard before and I felt reluctant to just uh, commit to being like oh well this is this is what it's gonna be because it just seemed like they were taking their own path but um after a little while of recording them and taking pretty far I sort of had these place holding beats there and uh, thought oh it'd be interesting to see how this sounds with live drums and see if uh, Chris come do it and he played the drums on it and uh, it went from being something that was like oh I don't know if this will work it's a full band thing being like oh this is totally going to be cool and something that's going to work for what we do and uh, that was kind of the beginning of the finishing of the album uh, yeah. but yeah it was really it was a really fun and interesting process and uh, I'm really happy with the way it came out. I, I love the new album and I really enjoyed the uh, music video for 425 like I couldn't, I couldn't believe that you guys shot it on an iPhone in Japan. Well, that actually, Chris just walked in, and uh, he's probably just walking by. But uh, he really is to uh, credit for that. It was my uh, all I had to do was really stand there and just be in cool places and uh, you know uh, pretend to be singing and sometimes actually be singing a song. Um, but uh, very little work was done on my, on my end. Uh, Chris did a great job on that and uh, he's extremely talented and 
has got a great eye for, I mean, not just a great eye, but um, also a great talent for uh, filming stuff like that. So, you know, I got to kind of just totally reap all the benefits of uh, his talent for that one. So. That's cool. How did, I mean, I haven't ever seen that done before, a music video released on Instagram. How, how where did that, was that from Chris again or? Um, I mean, I can't really remember exactly what the origin of it was. I mean, I think, like, I, I'm sure Chris probably did come up with it or maybe we just discussed it um, as I think there was something that was cool about the idea of doing it in some way that was kind of ephemeral where um, it felt special and unexpected and oh here's this video and it's going to be gone soon and, and I think uh, that was sort of confirmed by the messages that we got when it went away where people I mean you know probably how many times do you really go back and watch the same video over and over again but after it was gone a lot of our even you know just our friends and stuff be like where did that video go I wanted to watch it again and I think that like the idea of being like oh this is only here for a little while and it's gonna be gone um, seemed fun and and seemed appropriate with the uh, subject matter of the song which is kind of uh, experience confined to like a moment confined to like a day it's got a sort of almost journalist uh, not journalistic in the uh, newspaper sense, but in the sense of like writing in your journal, got a journal type quality to the song. And um, yeah, so just having a single day available. Um, yeah, it was cool and just a simple idea, but it was fun. What's your uh, songwriting process like? Um, you know, it's it definitely depends on the song. Um, sometimes things come together really quickly and you sort of just are playing it as you're making it and then sometimes you sort of something happens and you write a couple lines and it seems like oh this means something but maybe I need to sit on it a little while uh, before I commit to what it means or before I know what it means or how I can use it and um, you know and everything in between to where sometimes you start working on something and it there's something about it that seems cool but it's just sort of stays unfinished and then eventually something comes and sort of turns it on its head and uh, means something new to you so yeah there's kind of all different types of ex uh, experiences like that with songs but um, for the most part I mean I try to I was going to make a sort of generalization about what I do for the most part but I guess I mean usually I'll start sort of I'll get some line and I'll start singing it and start building on it and um, uh, yeah I think that's probably the most common thing that's great. No, I mean, everyone has their own process on like how they write. What influences did you have growing up? Um, well, I was uh, fortunate that um, I was sort of uh, had both, you know, a really supportive family that allowed me to make tons of totally obnoxious racket in my house uh, all the way back to I wanted to play the drums, and, but I didn't have a drum set yet. So I was just banging on cans and all this other stuff like that. And um, and also my sister played guitar, my aunt played guitar, and they kind of exposed me to, um, to that at, when I was really young, before I really even knew, like, oh, I want to be a guitar player. I was like, oh, cool, this, this, is, this is the cool thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I learned about it that way, and um, I was also fortunate to uh, have parents who were, had really uh, broad music tastes and, uh, uh, you know, weren't musicians, but had a passion for listening to music. So, you know, I grew up with a lot of, uh, a lot of their music and um, it's uh, obviously a very general thing. I mean, my mom was a huge David Bowie fan. That had a huge impact on me. I mean, 
love David Bowie and um, I love I love David Bowie too. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's like that really is interesting. I mean, he was an artist whose music I continuously rediscovered throughout my life. You know, I was kind of grew up with the songs and but didn't really have like a cultural context for like what how uh, significant he was as a performer and creator and sort of just like oh yeah I know these songs and I really like them and then in high school um, sort of coming back and like you know Ziggy Stardust and stuff like that was that was like a huge record and that was probably yeah probably one of the most influential ones on me um, like at that time and then yeah just he has so much great music and has so much so many different uh, things that he expressed in different times and um, it's he's really an artist that you can return to over and over again and you know I guess there were a lot of a lot of artists like that that I uh, kind of got through through my parents like uh, Neil Young and Bob Dylan and all that kind of stuff so you know a lot of classic rock and I that was when I was younger I mean I, I mean I don't know I listen to everything I love like Radiohead and stuff I mean I didn't really know like a ton of obscure artists or anything when I was in high school, but the music that I listened to was, you know, so super meaningful to me, <laughs> as it is, I guess, to most high schoolers. Well, going on that note, um, I ask this to all my guests, why do you love music? Obviously, there's so many different reasons to love music. It does uh, so many things that uh, I think we don't even understand, like transcendent ability to uh, sort of connect people and to make people understand something things that they don't understand on this kind of uh over, like obvious level there's there's a there's something about being to, about listening to music and enjoying music with other people and this type of connection that you know as many times as you do it uh it's not ever the same and it's not ever totally explainable and it's something that's like so deeply human and transcendent of uh, like our words and ability to describe it and I think that there are so few uh, experiences in life that are like that and we're so lucky uh, to be able to access that so easily so what's next for maps and atlases um, that's a good question I don't really know I mean I think um, I'm just I feel extremely uh, grateful to be here tonight and to be able to play music um, this tour I think is one where I've you know been uh, I mean it hasn't we haven't been out for a super long time but I felt very uh, every night just so uh, overwhelmed uh, and a cool thing this is to be able to do to go play music and to get to you know connect with people and to uh, for people to hear this thing that I worked on and um, that we worked on and to uh, be able to finally hear it and for them to be responding to it and you know I, I'm not really sure exactly what's next I mean, I'm sure that you know I'll, we'll try to try to yeah I'm sure we'll tour more and you know obviously want to create and record more music if possible uh, and uh, but yeah I don't have any specific plans really um, but I'm kind of glad about that I mean I'm sure you know we I'm sure we will do some more shows, <laughs> some more shows, but I, I'm not really sure where or when or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm excited though, whatever, because I'm yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Where where did how did you come up with the artwork, or where did the artwork come from for the new album? Because I 
I love I I love it. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I once again, uh, similar to the 425 thing, yeah. I totally can't take uh, any credit for that. Chris really is. Um, I mean, he's such a talented visual artist, and uh, he actually um, he took that took the photo, and um, you know, I trust his perspective uh, on the visual representation of our music, and um, you know, that's what he came up with, and I think it's totally appropriate and cool, and. I mean, more than appropriate. I think it's great, uh, but uh, I think he he really nailed it. I wouldn't have envisioned something like that, you know, because I'm not really good with that kind of thing. But uh, but uh, when I saw it, I was like, that's perfect. It's awesome. So he did a great job. Where did you guys record the album? Um, we recorded most of it in Durham, North Carolina, but some of it recorded at uh, my mom's house, and then some of it we recorded at this uh, this like art center at uh, the University of Chicago um, we just basically used this space that was available there um, to do a little bit of stuff but that was only like really a few things uh, there most of it was done at my mom's house or in uh, Durham the majority and that's where we finished it as well at a uh, box harp studios we recorded um, in Durham with uh, Scott Salter who is a he, he uh, mixed the record and uh, produced it and yeah, and we also recorded some of it with uh, Jason Cub, and that was the stuff that we recorded at my mom's house, so it was cool. That's so great. Um, well, I really appreciate you taking out the time today to sit down and do this interview. Uh, anything else you want to add about what went into your process of making the new album? No, I mean, I think that was, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously it was like a lot of stuff, but I don't really know how interesting, <laughs> how interesting it is or anything, but... No, thank you so much for chatting about it. I really appreciate it. And uh, this uh, seems like a really cool like idea for a podcast to celebrate music in this way. And uh, I'm really happy to chat with you about it because I'm, you know, always like, you know, talking about music. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because so do I. <laughs> and on that note, next up is Detroit artist Anna Birch, who released her debut album called Quit the Curse on Polyvinyl Records this past year. She has been a touring machine. Be sure to check out all of her dates and new music at AnnaBirchMusic.com. Let's get into Anna's interview. Anna, so we're back here at the Echo on the patio. So everyone, you might hear some dumpster noise, dumpster noise yeah. or some uh, sound checking going on. So um, how's tour going so far? It's going well. Um, this is... Uh, I think we're a third of the way in to the Speedy RT's West Coast tour, and uh, yeah, feels good. I just came off of um, three weeks in Europe with a very brief pause home before this tour, so, um, but that feels like kind of a, a different entire world. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So it feels, it feels like fresh in some ways, um, being out here, um, this is like my first time doing a solo tour on the west coast so um that's exciting i'm that happy to be very, in california yeah that's yeah. so exciting mm -hmm. <laughs> um what type of um, music like influenced you growing up uh well um my mom was a piano player and so we kind of just like would fool around a lot on the piano together and like you know, she would accompany me singing like Disney songs and stuff growing up. And nice. I am, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess like music, like, was always sort of a part of uh, 
Yeah, our home, I guess, our home life. And um, my mom. Did you start off learning piano then? I or? did. Yeah, I did. Um, my mom forced me into it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like all moms do. Yeah. Like my mom. Like yeah. I was like, oh, I want to try to learn how to play the guitar. Yeah. But she was like, no, piano. Piano. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that that was yeah. my journey too. It was like piano for six years and lots of tears and you know just yeah. fighting over it and um I don't know I, I mean I wish I could have found some more joy in it because I I wish I were right. better at it now but um yeah. but yeah in, in high school I kind of like came around to more like uh like indie rock and stuff like that mm -hmm. and I was like I want to play guitar so yeah when I was about 15 I started taking guitar lessons but Ooh. um yeah influences like I'm trying to think of like some of the first songs I learned in guitar lessons because my guitar teacher wasn't like very theoretical, okay. which made it really fun. I mean, yeah. he was basically just like bring in songs and we'll like learn them together. And uh, so yeah, I learned some like Weezer songs. I learned some No Doubt. I learned some uh, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> cool, that's yeah, so just great. Kind of a, a bunch of stuff. But do you remember the first band uh, you were ever in or? first time you like played music live um well like I, I i i was so like part of the the sort of like school church like yeah. music thing so uh -huh. it was kind of lame i mean like i guess yeah i remember performing like right. solo acoustic oh, in yeah. church and like yeah. um then i did open mic nights okay. and um i i just did like cover songs like I did like Bright Eyes and like Bell and Sebastian and nice. they had a piano there and I did a couple of Fiona Apple songs too. <laughs> um, and then yeah, like That's like great. school talent show stuff and then I did a I did a battle of the bands with my little brother on drums. Okay. <laughs> and I played bass and uh, a friend played guitar and uh, we didn't even have like a long enough set right. for, <laughs> for the competition. Yeah. So I think we were disqualified. So. <laughs> but it was fun. Um, but Frontier, uh, I guess, was my first real band. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably the answer we were looking yeah. for. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> um, like, how did leading? How, how did you get connected to uh, Frontier Ruckus? Like, how did how did that come about? Um, I just became friends with those guys. We went to the same college um, for okay. undergrad. Uh, we went to Michigan State University, and Matt, the songwriter, lived uh, okay. in the dorm next to mine, and uh, a girlfriend of mine of mine and I were just kind of like walking back to our dorm and uh, they were outside on a bench like playing guitar and and like uh, Zach uh, who's also in Frontier Arcus, was playing a singing saw on the bench and they were doing like Nutramilk Hotel covers and we kind of just like came over and we we're chatting with them and I kind of like sang along a little bit to I don't know Nutramilk Hotel yeah. or something and we just became friends, and I was always kind of like trying to get in the band, you know. Uh -huh. And uh, I think they auditioned another girl, and I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it should be me, obviously. Right. So yeah, and then uh, they came around, and uh, yeah, just it was kind of like a fun college band, and yeah, we had some clout around town. We won like the Battle of the Bands in college, uh -huh. and uh, yeah, then after after. I graduated, that's when we started like hitting the road pretty hard and got signed to a label and got a booking agent. So yeah, then it was like relentless tour and I quit pretty soon after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then came back like four years later, but. 
Okay. That's a lot in between. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I'm friends with Fred Thomas. Of course, everybody's friends <laughs> Everyone, with Fred. Everyone's Every, friends. Yeah, yeah, that's that's everyone's like first line to me when they see me at a show. They're like, I'm really good friends with Fred Thomas. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Love Fred, obviously. When, yeah, when you were working on your demos, uh, I remember him telling me uh, that he was like, "You gotta listen Aww. to like on like se sending it to Polyvinyl and yeah, you he, gotta listen to." He this. did do that. Yeah, it it was actually a finished record though. It was oh I, okay. There's a little yeah. bit of misunderstanding. I don't I don't even know where that came from. It's funny how like biographies right like something will be wrong and like maybe you're just kind of like oh let it go yeah and then like it it comes around enough that you're like actually that's not quite right okay um, but anyway I yeah. don't know if it's a huge distinction but I think it I think it is because uh, you know I think it's important to know that like most of the the finished record was recorded in apartments and right. uh, with friends and um, I mean, I did wind up working with a really awesome engineer, Colin Dupuy, who okay. helped kind of just, yeah, take everything to like a, a more polished level. We retracted some stuff in Detroit and uh, he mixed the whole thing. But yeah, Fred was kind of like waiting in the wings, like I love that. really supportive and just kind of like, hey, let me know when, when it's finished yeah. and I want to make an introduction. So, um, What was the songwriting process for you for uh, this album? Uh, it, it happened all in a very short time frame. Okay. Um, yeah, when I, so I was in Chicago, I was living in Chicago and uh, had finished grad school and was kind of just like living and working in Chicago and I wasn't really doing anything with music and um, I became really good friends with Paul Cherry, um, amazing Chicago musician who, uh, yeah, we just became buds because we lived in the same neighborhood. He's a bit younger than me yeah. and, uh, I don't know, it was kind of like an unlikely friendship, but mm -hmm. yeah, we became really close and he was in music school at the time and doing a lot of home recording and okay. yeah, like it just sort of happened that we were kind of like bored during a snowstorm and he, uh, yeah, he kind of like just asked me, he was a fan of Frontier Ruckus from back in the day yeah. and he just like asked me if I had any songs and I had really only tried writing like a handful of times and you know, only one song kind of came to completion, but yeah. I wasn't really even that stoked on the song. Right. I, I was just, you know, yeah. I don't know, never really had the, the follow through, I guess, and I just was very critical of everything I tried. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, so we made a little demo of that song, and it was so fun just like arranging it, and yeah, uh, yeah he, like we, I put some harmony vocals on it, and he wrote a little lead guitar part, and all of a sudden it was like this whole new thing and it was really exciting and then when I moved to Detroit to join Frontier Ruckus again um, he was like keep working like yeah uh, I was like yeah I'll come visit and he was like yeah you should come visit and let's record so yeah <laughs> so I started writing like right when I moved to Detroit and um, yeah it just kind of clicked I think I think just where I was at in my life like late 20s grad school under my belt and kind of like you know decided I wasn't really gonna pursue academia like I thought yeah, I was and yeah. uh, I maybe I'd formed some good disciplinary habits in grad school and I was able to actually like sit down and put my mind to something and yeah. I think also just sort of like the emotional dislodging of like moving and mm -hmm. getting into a new scene and you know focusing on music again I think just like all the conditions were right and having like a collaborator and 
and someone who was encouraging me. Oh yeah, I think having someone yeah. to encourage you if like yeah, if it's your first time songwriting or anything is yeah. like Definitely. important. Yeah, it's <laughs> it it really is. So I think a lot of those things came together at the same time and and yeah, I wrote I wrote the record in between touring a lot with Frontier Ruckus and going back and forth to Chicago to demo and I just kept writing more and yeah, I think I think all the songs on the record were written within like the first nine months or so, or maybe like year that okay. I was living in Detroit. Um, yeah. Cool. yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. What have been some challenging moments um, just working and playing music? Um, well, there was a point in time where uh, all of my friends who had helped me in Chicago, like work on the record, kind of were ready to step away from it, you know? And, yeah. and I was kind of like, not sure that it was totally done. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't really know how to fix it. And yeah. uh, there were, you know, like luckily, I, w I was put in touch with Colin because I started getting just so overwhelmed by fixating on some of the negative things that yeah. it was really like coloring my perception of the whole project. And um, yeah, I think once I, I asked Fred for advice too, and uh, to listen to things, and we talked about some of the, like the issues with the record. And then when I talked to Colin, he kind of helped me like really diagnose, you know, a few problems. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I think if we retract these things, like you'll be happy with it. And then, yeah, I was. And it, it just, you know, it just reached a point where like I needed some some fresh eyes and uh, ears and hands like helping totally. <laughs> the project and uh, but I had to like ask for help and like seek it out like there was a point where I was just kind of wallowing and like right. you know how am I gonna get this done is was this just like wasted I don't know mm -hmm. but yeah it turned out yeah I was I was really happy with with the final product for yeah. sure yeah um, I mean what keeps me going working in the industry is like the people surrounding surrounding me so it really sounds like like Colin and yeah yeah Fred and, and yeah. Paul and yeah definitely good friends yeah do you have any uh, fun uh, since you've been touring so much do you have any fun tour memories uh, from this past year years yeah <laughs> totally uh, well we stayed on a boat last night that was pretty cool you did yeah we oh, stayed man. on like a little sailboat in San Diego oh that's cool that was really nice um, How I did that come that. about? Um, just a, a guy I was friends with in Grand Rapids okay. like forever ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like living on a boat. And uh, I put a little Facebook feeler out for, for cool. places to crash. And yeah, he was like, come stay on my boat. So, oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, that was I really love that fun. So much. Yeah, it was great. And then, um, did yeah. Did you stay in any, um, when you were in Europe, did you stay anywhere like? <laughs> Actually, we stayed in a we stayed in a caravan uh, on the property of this venue in oh, wow. Offenbach, Germany. Okay. okay. Um, I really didn't know what to expect out of that town, because um, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know who's who's really heard of Offenbach. No offense. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I wasn't expecting much, but the venue was like on this river, like really beautiful property and there were like cool. sheep roaming around oh and gosh. like bunnies running around totally. and uh, swans swimming and they had like a little like caravan mm -hmm. uh, that we stayed in and the hospitality was so great and they just fed us and 
endless bottles of wine and beer and yeah we just had like such a goofy fun night and and the people who showed up to the show like actually more than I anticipated mm -hmm. and they were all really yeah totally sweet and gracious and yeah. engaged and it was yeah that was a pretty magical magical night so That's off cool. and back yeah um I love some of your music videos mm. um thank you yeah how did how did some of those come together like like for tea silk letter like tea silk letter was done here in LA um and yeah, that one was the only one that I kind of uh, didn't have much of a hand in. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, the director, Ambar Navarro, is like super talented. She did a couple of videos for my friend Steph. And okay. um, yeah, I just, I love her aesthetic and uh, she's got such like a fun, like, but, but kind of like weird and uh, kind of dark in some ways <laughs> yeah. sensibilities yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's cool she's really cool and so fun to work with so she came up with the treatment and uh i was kind of like incidentally just on tour with my friends in mini horse yes. yeah. yeah and the tour <laughs> the tour ended in la mm -hmm. and so i figured i'd just stay and um you know stay a few days work on the video and and fly home so yeah i did that and it was great it was like really cool working with a, a crew and um yeah that one was that was a production yeah. <laughs> it was so it was interesting being like actually really behind a, a professional camera and set with all these people watching me and I'm like in the bathtub and like yeah. I don't know I'm like the only actor in the whole video and <laughs> they're just kind of like telling me how to be and I, I can't even like think of uh, you yeah. know what I mean like I'm just like following directions and totally. uh, hoping for the best but yeah. yeah I love that video it turned out great my my only idea for the video was uh the stop-motion uh tarot card reading oh yeah yeah because we were doing some stop-motion uh -huh. stuff but um I realized like I just kind of like had messed around with the tarot cards on the table and the next mm -hmm. day when we were shooting the stop-motion stuff I was like I really wish I would have like done more with the tarot cards and then I was like oh we should do this so I'm proud of that one little contribution. That's great. But That's so good. Yeah, but the other two videos I did with friends in Detroit on like a shoestring budget and mm -hmm. the Too Cool to Care video I edited myself. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I taught myself to to use uh, Premiere, Adobe Premiere, which cool. I haven't touched since. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but it was fun and I, I'm glad I did it. Um, I studied film uh, in college and grad school but not okay. like not production yeah. but like film theory and um, history and stuff like that so That's so cool yeah I don't know I like I like movies and music videos and moving images and music me too <laughs> I, I went to film school I went to Grand Valley oh yeah film. nice so cool I kind of love I kind of love that like a lot of musicians are also into film and because like I didn't know this um but like Nick and Ryan yeah. from Mr. Heavenly they like pretty much did the same thing totally. so yeah I just I don't know I always love that because I'm like ah that's so great definitely yeah I think like uh, especially movies that have like really like amazing scores and just like the yeah the just putting of sounds and images together and the sort of like emotional affect that it can create. Uh, yeah, it's, it's powerful for sure. Why do you do what you do? Like what keeps you going working in the industry? Um, 
Well, I think, um, man, that's, <laughs> that's a hard question. Uh, I sort of like chose it in a way and I, there's momentum and uh, I love performing and being able to perform my own songs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an incredible feeling. And uh, I mean, it's, it's also cool like knowing that it, it affects people and seeing people enjoy the shows and um, yeah, that, that keeps me going for sure. And having like a good support system. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I tried a lot of other things. Like, I mean, I tried music and then I left because the conditions weren't right. But coming back to it, I think I'm like more poised to, yeah, just, I, I just, I don't know. I think I've like learned a lot of like what I like and what I don't like about it and what I can do to kind of like carve out what works for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I tried doing like uh, the academic path. Like I thought I wanted to be a professor and then I realized like the job prospects there are so bad and uh, there's no guarantee. Like right. you kind of have to move for the job. And um, I don't know, a lot of PhD students that I knew were pretty miserable. <laughs> and yeah. I kind of figured, well, if it's like this tough anyway, like in something that's more practical, right. um, you know, I might as well just do something that like actually is, you know, feels, feels good. Like, I mean, there are parts of academia that, that are great and uh, I've never felt more like intelligent in my life than when <laughs> yeah. I was a grad student and right, right. who knows where that went, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and I mean, you can always get your PhD down the road if you... I feel like I'm so off course for that okay. at this point. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think the brain, yeah. well, it's obviously like a muscle, yeah. you know what they say. Yes. Oh. Don't totally. use it, you lose it. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would it would take a lot. And uh, I, from from what like the advice that I got was basically like, don't go into academia unless like you can't see yourself doing anything else, you know. Right. And yeah. at the time, I thought, well, I tried music and it didn't work out. So yeah. I guess this is what I'm doing now. And then yeah, just kind of fell apart <laughs> and fell back together again. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> For people who like want to work behind the scenes in music or want to be a musician, a touring musician full time, do you have any like tips or words of encouragement? Um, I think the the thing that I'm still working on is like being a leader, like being being a solo person uh, that doesn't have like the sort of camaraderie of a band and a band name to kind yeah. of like keep everyone feeling like they have sort of like buy-in. Uh, it's, it's challenging. Um, so I think if you want to be a touring musician, like, you know, I think thinking about what it is that you're contributing and, and what it is that you want to get out of it. And um, yeah, just knowing kind of just like the day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I totally recommend just like maybe going on tour with your friend's band and doing merch for them or yeah. whatever if you're if you're like at that at that point where you're kind of like, yeah. you know, you what's don't know what touring life yeah, is like. What's, but. what's the day-to-day -day like on, on tour? Um, well... <laughs> I kind of know the answer. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, um, I want, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, 
just waking up in strange places sometimes, but I, one thing that I've changed is uh, I, I try and cut back on the questionable stays, the questionable <laughs> yeah. crashes. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, uh, it's not worth it to me to not feel like comfortable and like taken totally. care of. So yeah. I'll spring for a hotel if I have to. Um, but yeah, I mean, waking up, finding coffee is usually the first <laughs> yes. thing. And um, yeah, driving a lot, mm -hmm. uh, thinking about food a lot. Right. Um, Loading in, sound checking, setting up merch, getting food, uh, coming Maybe. back, yeah. yeah, playing the show, <laughs> talking, talking to people, yeah. drinking maybe too much or trying to take it easy. I guess yeah. it's always a balance. It's always a double. You think about balance. your body a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you think about like you're always thinking about food, and you're always thinking about, or at least I'm always thinking about like. Do I want to take it easy tonight? Do I want an off night tonight? Right. Or like, yeah, I don't know. That sounds probably pretty bad, but you work in a bar every night and uh, getting getting drink tickets and hospitality is like, to me, part of getting paid. Yeah. It's kind of messed up. <laughs> it's maybe not a, a perfect uh, system, but yeah. you know, yeah. Self-care is, is challenging sometimes on the road and oh, privacy sure. is, hard to come by mm -hmm. and um, yeah kind of like saving your resources um, yeah for for putting on the best show you can and like talking to people and being nice yes, <laughs> you know definitely um, I asked this to all my guests why do you love music I think music was so ingrained in my life as like a very young person that it's hard for me to like separate it and answer in a like coherent way. Yeah. But it's just been it's just been my life. I mean, it's like permeated my life mm -hmm. and um yeah, I mean like from an early age I just remember like hearing my mom harmonize to the radio and like just like kind of learning how to harmonize myself. I mean, it came pretty naturally, but like yeah, just I don't know. It's such a pleasure and like Man, what does music mean to me? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of just like everything. It's sort of the, the center of my life. And uh, yeah, I don't know what I would do without it. It's, yeah. It's, the be it's just the best, isn't it's the it? Best. It's, it's the best. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. God, I wish I had something more articulate to say. No. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to put into words. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, but and yeah, and it's also like a point of connection, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Even even if you're like an incredibly introverted, uh, antisocial person, I think just listening to someone else's music makes you feel connected to them and connected to larger human issues. So I think, I think it's yeah, it's a very like emotive force and uh, yeah, one that I think that keeps people connected to each other. Definitely. Um, what's next for you? What are you? Mm -hmm. More touring? Yeah, um, we've got about two weeks left of this run, and then um, I've got about a month off. Um, talking about a couple of things, I don't know if they're things I can really discuss yet. They're, That's okay. It's, it's nothing, I don't know. It, it'll come up soon enough. Okay. <laughs> Probably by the time this airs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I might be working on like a couple of like little um, collaborative recording things in uh, the month that I have while I'm home and then I go back to Europe 
um, for basically the remainder of the <laughs> summer and fall, Ooh. part of fall. Um, and then also working on a run in October on the East Coast, I think. Okay. So, Great. yeah, basically touring until the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I'll rest and then I'll regroup and try and uh, work on a new record, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Those are some good plans coming yeah. up. Yeah, busy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for being on the show thank today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is so great. Yes, lovely, ch lovely chatting with you. And we're listening to Speedy Ortiz sing one of my favorite Cheryl Crow songs. My favorite Cheryl Crow song. <laughs> yes. For her sound check. So <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, very excited for that. Yes, <laughs> Perfect definitely. ending to this combo. <laughs> Thanks again to Dave and Anna for being on the show and to the Bang Ups for the theme music. This has been the I Love Music podcast with Jen Fedor.